What is up, everyone? We are back again with another episode of the podcast. Nathan Marzian here, joined by Brandon Eckel. And we got NBA Finals talk to get to. Um, game, or we're through two games now of the NBA Finals. Series tied one to one, and game three is tomorrow. Um, and yeah, series is tied one one. Two, like the end, the, the final scores were not close, but they were two entertaining games. I mean, the second game did get out of hand, but it was close for the first half. And even though it did get out of hand, like that third quarter was entertaining to see the Warriors kind of go on their run and everything. I think it's been some pretty good basketball overall and interesting to kind of watch things unfold. But let's talk about that for a little bit. So game one, obviously, Celtics steal it. 40-16, they outscored the Warriors in the fourth quarter um, and really just kind of stunned them. I, th- I know Golden State was up like 15, I think, late in the third, and Celtics just could not miss a three in the fourth. I want to say they hit their first seven threes of the fourth quarter, like which is insane. They yeah. kind of did like a it – was, it was similar to me of like the Bucks game five against the Celtics where like we were down and you're kind of like this game is pretty much over. And they just kind of kept hitting threes to stay in it, and all of a sudden, like, just couldn't miss. And like, the Bucks went six of six in that fourth quarter against the Celtics, game five, and kind of stole it at the end. And that's kind of what the the Celtics, except they just, you know, I think they were even better than we were. They just continuously kept hitting them and really pulled away and stepped up defensively. But game one, Tatum three for seventeen, struggled scoring the ball, but had thirteen. Was it thirteen or twelve assists? I think thirteen assists. Yeah. And um, you know, he picked it up in game two, but other guys, you know, kind of go. Those role players, it was, I think, Marcus Smart, Derek White, and Al Horford all combined to go 15 of 23 from three in game one, um, which is absurd. And then I think they were two for seven in game two. So the Warriors definitely made more of an effort to actually close out on those guys, um, take the three ball away from those guys. Because, I mean, ultimately, like, when they're when they're forced to put the ball on the floor, they're not as good. They're kind of like the guys that, you know, they just get those spot threes, and if you're giving them some room, they can hit them. They have plenty of role players that can do that. We saw that the Bucks game seven with Grant Williams, where like if you leave them open, he can hit threes. Like if you close out on them, they're not as good. They're not as good putting the ball on the floor, all that stuff. Um, but Warriors definitely took that away, and um, you know they they stepped up in game two and really uh, you know tied it back up and and put some pressure back on Boston now going back home. I want to ask you, who do you think? is feeling better right now or should feel better right now, Warriors or Celtics? Um, I would say, I guess, just based on from game one to game two, I'd go Golden State because it's like now if they can at least just go one-on-one in the road, it's back to, okay, we got home court advantage, you know, not a big deal. It's 2-2 now, two games at home um, if needed. Celtics have been um, better on the road than at home in the playoffs. I'm not sure what their record is exactly, but they've actually been better away from home. So I feel like Golden State's feeling pretty good at to steal one game, maybe two. Um, and it's been both games where it's like, um, I know I think Bill Simmons was kind of talking about it. Like Curry was like one three away when they were up like 13 or something in game one, where it felt like they could have really pulled away and it was a miss. And then it was Boston went on their run. So it's like they were this close. They played so good for majority of the game. Felt was in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I want to say the score was eighty-seven seventy-two in the first quarter or in the first the first game third quarter. Yeah, um, eighty-seven seventy-two as Steph launched a, a three from the top, and it you know it missed. But I remember like as it goes up, you're like, if this goes in, you know, this game's out of hand. Like it's an eighteen-point yeah. <laughs> game, and it's like 
and they missed. I think they went – the Celtics went down and hit a three to make it 12. And, like, you know, again, they just kind of kept hitting threes to stay in it, all that. But I, I was going to say the same thing. There was a point where, like, they were basically that step three going in away from, you know, really feeling like this game this game one was wrapped up. So – and not, not to say that, like, I, I don't want to act like um, – you know, obviously I hate we, – we hate Boston. We want them to lose this series. Yeah. So I have been, you know, when I watch the game, you know, I, I'm kind of like I'm rooting for for Golden State. I'm looking for ways to kind of like be optimistic about Golden State and kind of like, you know, just, even like when I'm watching the Bucks, like you're looking for things to be optimistic about. So sometimes you're a little bit biased, but um, you know, trying to trying to not be too biased here and look at things from both perspectives. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and act like Golden State. You know, even though they were they could have been up 18 if that Curry three goes in in the first game, they obviously blew them out in the second game. It hasn't been pure domination all the way throughout by Golden State. It's not like they only had one bad quarter um, in that game game one fourth quarter because um, I'm trying to think of I, – I was – the first quarter was close in game one. You know, Steph went off in the first quarter, and they still – Celtics kept it close. And then the Celtics ended up uh, taking the lead in the second quarter. Up to at half. Yeah, so they took the lead in the second quarter. So the Celtics – I'll play them in the second quarter game one narrowly got outplayed in the first quarter um game three golden state outplayed them and then obviously they outplayed them in the fourth but like they won two quarters there and then in the uh in game two they were you know down two at half and or were they up were, wait the celtics were up two at half um that was in game one they're up two at half i'm not sure game two i know they're up at the end of the first quarter. actually i have it i have it up here so that they are they were this the the celtics were down two at half they got outscored by one in the first quarter and one in the second quarter of game two. So two very close quarters there. Like they haven't, this isn't something where Golden State's dominated them. Um, it's just been the third quarters, Golden State won by 14 in game yeah. one, and then they won by 21 in game two. So honestly, if you had to pick one team that, um, you know, is like they've only had a couple good quarters or a couple really good quarters, it's Golden State, not Boston. Now Boston had that massive um, first quarter. But other than that, it's been pretty close. So I'm not going to, you know, although it could easily be 2-0 Golden State, if you know they just hold on to that lead, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that they've kind of dominated this series because I don't really think that's been the case. They've been a lot of close quarters. It's been pretty close in general. Um, but I do think both teams are kind of feeling okay right now. I think Boston obviously did their job. They took one of the two, first two games. That's what you have to do when you're the road team, and um, you know they're one-one going back home. And I think Golden State's saying, hey, you know, we blew that game one, but we came back and we d demolished them in game two. And we're still, you know, again, we, we're pretty close to being up 2-0. And we do kind of think that if, if you put all eight quarters together, I think Golden State's been the better team. So I think they both have reasons to be optimistic and reasons to be uh, hopeful going forward. Um, how I mean, how would you grade? I want to kind of go through some of these top guys here. Tatum's first two games overall. I know again, very two di very different games. Game one, yeah. he struggled scoring and was good passing the ball. Game two, um, put up some points, but uh, you know had some turnovers and wasn't as good with everything else. Um, Tatum, I mean, I don't know. I'd probably give him like a B because you know his plus minus was really bad last game, but I feel like that's kind of a game where that's you don't. I feel like it's there's certain instances where it's like okay, you know, like. Giannis with the Bucks, and this isn't to be biased or nitpicky, but it's like there's games where you can tell everybody had like a negative or close to zero, and then Giannis is like plus seven or something. Like he obviously is making a difference, but for Tatum to be, 
I want to say it was like minus 36 or something like that crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it doesn't really show. I mean, he was scoring the ball really well. Um, whereas, like you said, game one, I think he only had, what, like 10, 12 points, something like that? Yeah, he had 12. Um, yeah, and then all the assists, he was making good reads. So I'd probably give him like a B. He's playing a little above average, but it, he's got to – He's got to middle it out. Like, I'd rather have 24 and 8 assists than, you know, 12 assists and you're not scoring. Then you got 28 points, and, like, I think he had three assists in game two. So, he's got to kind of find the middle. Yeah, I'd probably give him a C, honestly. And it's part of it is just, you know, the expectation of you're Jason Tatum. You want to be considered a top five to ten player. Like, you kind of have to be better. Um, and, again, not that he wasn't good in game two, but it, it was more, like, He's really good from three. That kind of saved him in this game. I mean, he was six of nine from three, but two of ten yeah. uh, from two and had the four turnovers, three assists. Um, so, you know, I don't think it was particularly good in game two. I just think in the first half he hit like five threes and that, you know, that was kind of like what it made it made it a good game for him. Um, Jalen Brown, I think, was very good in the first game, was very clutch um, in the fourth quarter. And then started out game too well, but then you could see the Warriors kind of started to key in on him and over the course of the whole game were able to kind of slow him down. Ended up 5 of 17. And I want to say he was – he hit four, three or four shots right away. So he was very quiet in the last three quarters of that game. What did he end um, up with? He ended up with 17 points, 5 of 17 shooting. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I want to say he – only scored maybe like five points after the first quarter or something like that. Yeah, I because I know he he yeah, I remember looking, he had eleven or twelve right away. Um yeah, so that makes sense. So he, he definitely got slowed down. Other side of things, I mean Curry's been really good. Didn't he you know obviously was great in the first quarter of game one. He did struggle a little bit in those last three quarters as they, you know, kind of adjusted and took him away a bit. But game two came out twenty nine points, nine of twenty one. Um, you know, five of 12 from three and seven of 14 from three, you know, he was seven of 14 game one, five of 12 game two. Like that's, you know, really, really good. So he's definitely been showing up and, you know, kind of got at least a little bit of help in game two, um, pool off the bench was big. Uh, Looney steps up. Wiggins was okay. You know, not Wiggins wasn't that good, but he was, he was at least able to provide some type of offense and, I mean, game one as well, like Curry, it was, you know, Curry had 34, Wiggins had 20. And the problem kind of was the bench other than it was, it was Curry and Wiggins combined for 54. The only guy on the bench that really did anything was Otto Porter. Um, Jordan Poole struggled and, you know, no, no, nobody else really provided much. And and Clay's been definitely struggling. He's kind of been the guy that I kind of look at and say, okay, this is again, why I think Golden State can feel good is, they easily could be up 2-0, and Clay has not been good. Um, he had 15 in game one and 6 of 14 from the field, and then 11 in game two, 4 of 19, 1 of 8 from three. So, like, easily not Clay Thompson numbers. And, again, some of this can be the Celtics defense is good. They take things away. They're, you know, they're able to kind of take something away from you. Um, maybe if Clay goes off, Curry will have a bad game. So, like, it, it – it's not just to say that, oh, you know, Clay will get back into shape. But, like, it, again, you kind of have to feel a little bit okay if you're Golden State, knowing that you pretty much – you've outplayed them. If you look at the whole two games combined, you've probably outplayed them overall, and Clay has not been good. So, Yeah, what would you have to give – what would you give Clay right now if you had to uh, give him a grade? 
I'd I'd almost have to go F. I'd go D, yeah. I mean, he was his game one wasn't awful. No, like, to, what, like 45% from the field? That's not yeah. terrible. But. He was 3 of 7 from 3 game one. Like, he, he, that's okay. But not much, like, old, like 15 points in 39 minutes, 11 points game two. Like, you know, that's, that's again, not Clay Thompson. So I'd, I'd go D. Yeah. And Curry, I mean, if I'm giving Curry a grade, I'll go A minus. Um, would be an A if it wasn't for like again that game one he didn't do much down the stretch, um, but I'll go A minus for Curry, Jalen Brown I'll go B plus or B. And Kevon Looney I'm giving an A because he's doing the dirty work. He he's does. A yeah. And both of these teams before we move on, both and we kind of talked about this before the series, but both of these teams have that like what championships team what championship teams have of. A bunch of guys playing their role really well, and Looney does it for Golden State. Um, we saw Gary Payton come in and do it for Golden State yesterday. Pool did it for Golden State yesterday. Um, Wiggins is doing it. Green's doing it. They all have guys like like Curry's the main guy, but everyone else is playing their role well. For Boston, obviously in Game One, I mean Tatum wasn't even good, but you just had guys step up. Horford was amazing. Smart did his thing and, and hit some threes down the stretch, and Jalen Brown stepped up. Um, Derek White, like it's it's a case of like even like that's why I'm like even if Curry with both of these teams, I feel like even if the star has a bad game, it's not like they're screwed. Like whereas again, the Bucks, for example, with the Bucks, now they didn't have Middleton, so we're not going to act like this is like the Bucks in general. But when the Bucks were playing in their series against Boston, you're like, if Giannis doesn't have thirty, like we're going to lose this game. Like it's not really going to be like he has to have thirty. So. Both of these teams, though, it's like they have the depth and they have the guys that can step up. That I just look at it and say, if you know, even if even if Steph has a little bit of an off game, even if Jason Tatum has a little bit of an off game, though, I can still easily see those teams winning. Um, so yeah, anything else you want to add? No, I'm just, uh, I don't know, I have no idea where this game three is going to lead, I guess, because like you said, I feel like both teams should be optimistic right now. They've both shown, you know, uh, kind of their strengths and weaknesses already in the first two games so i well yeah give me your pick for game three i'm going i i do think golden state wins game three um but i think they'll split them i think it'll be you know however it happens i think they end up two two after four but i think golden state wins game three and boston wins game four yeah i would probably have to agree i think um outside of the obviously brooklyn series where they sweeped them both of their first games at home in the series they lost so yeah. 0 and 2 in their first road games, if that makes sense. So yeah, maybe right. continues to go to 0 for 3. Yeah, and I mean, because I, I do always want to like go to, oh, they're at home and Boston's got a good crowd. But again, I'm like, they haven't been that good at home. Like teams have oh. gone in there and won um, like pretty easily. Even, yeah. I mean, Miami had that game. Like it's a game six to go to the finals. You'd think that like that'd be pretty much locked up to win and then and, you know say in in the whole playoffs i mean the bucks had the same thing they had a game six to move on they they lost like it just isn't as sure of a thing and some of that is to do with like the three-point shot like if a team just gets hot from three they can anyone can beat anyone um i don't know but also like you kind of before this playoffs i kind of kept saying like oh, role players play better at home and like you know you kind of expect you to shoot better at home but we just kind of haven't seen that so I don't know. Anything can anything can easily happen. Um, yeah, this is it. I like that it's a series that you don't know what's going to happen. It's it's pretty unpredictable. So, right. Um, all right, time to move on. We have our Tuesday top ten, 
and we are doing um, top 10 three-point shooters <laughs> in the NBA. Uh, so I'm going to share my screen here, and we can get started on our list. This one's interesting because it, I, we were talking about this before we started recording. A lot of different ways you could go with this, and like, it is a make or miss league. It is like you look at the numbers, and okay, and you know, if you're a good shooter, you're going to make a higher percentage of your shots. But there's also the thing, the, the, you know, the factor of okay, who's guarded the heaviest, who has the highest volume, and taking that into account, like, you know, shooting the same percentage on a higher volume, the guy with higher volume is you know more impressive as a shooter, and again, thinking about which guys, how they're guarded, and and the kind of role they play in their system and everything like that. So, all right, top 10 three-point shooters. I will let you start with number 10. All right, uh, before 10, quick, I got to give an honorable mention to the guy who didn't make my list, Carl Anthony Towns. All right. don't know if you're going to have him on here, but just want to say that uh, for the record. Number 10, I have a guy that I really like, Tyrese Halliburton. Shooting 41% from three. No, we're not talking college, but he shot 40% two years in a row in college. Shoots about five threes a game. Has a very weird-looking shot on Orthodox, but it goes in. He continues to make them off the dribble, catch and shoot. So I had to throw him on this list. I, I don't I don't mind it. I mean, any guy who is consistently above 40%, I'm not going to have a problem with. My ton, I'll give you my honorable mention first. Um, and this isn't – people are going to get mad at this. My honorable mention is Chris Middleton. I don't have him in the oh. top ten. Um, I love Chris. I'm part of it is like the, and he's probably like a top twelve guy for me. Like he's probably right there. Um, you know, he's always around that thirty-eight to forty-one percent. You know, anywhere around there. I will say with Chris, a little bit of you know inconsistency issues, obviously, where like you don't always know what you're getting from him, mm-hmm. and also. Um, I mean, I think part of it is to the system. Like, I think some of it is due to him getting open threes because of Giannis and that benefiting him. So I took him down just a little bit because of that. And, um, you know, again, if you, if you look at other guys in the league, there's guys that are, you know, the main focal point of the defense and, and are still able to shoot 40%, which to me is a little bit more impressive. Not, not nothing against Chris, but. Chris, my honorable mention, my number 10 is Carl Anthony Towns. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's probably the best shooting big man of all time. Uh, this year he was 41% on almost five attempts per game, and he's been consistent. Yeah. Um, the last five years, pretty much around that same percentage, 41%, five attempts per game consistently. And, you know, again, it's been long enough for me that I'm like, oh, I'll put him on this list. Maybe one more year for Halliburton gets him, you know, if, if he's better than Cat next year, might might push him up. I, I don't have Halliburton. I have uh I'd say he's probably eleven or twelve as well for me. Um but he they're right there. I mean Halliburton is like forty one percent on five attempts a game. So they're literally like the same type of percentages. So that's my number ten, um, is Carl Anthony Towns. And I'll I'll, I'll we'll go to you for number nine. Okay, my number nine is actually where I have Chris. Um, Bounce having him a little higher, but I kind of think of it more as like who's a guy where, you know, you kick out, it's a knockdown shooter. And there's times where Chris is like that. I mean, he's hit some big freaking shots, but he's kind of more that get to a spot, scorer feel, um, you know, a lot more mid-range oriented. 
Um, so that's why I have him a little lower, I guess, than a few of these guys. Yeah, and remember, I mean, just to remind people, we are doing it's we're we're focusing on three point shooting. Obviously, some guys are you know really good outside shooters from like the mid range and stuff, and and overall shooters, but we're kind of trying to focus on um, guys from three. Mm-hmm. My number nine is Paul George, <laughs> and it this one's interesting, and I this is a pattern that I kind of found when I was making this list. A lot of guys that I have on this list kind of had down seasons and like weren't fantastic shooting this season or maybe were hurt or whatever, but they've been so good for like five years before that, that I'm like, I'm not going to take them off my top 10. I, I'm, you know, at least yet. Um, yeah. but Paul George, he was only 35% this year. Um, only played 31 games, but 35% on uh, eight attempts per game about, which is high volume. But the seven years before that, Combined, he was 39% on almost eight attempts per game, which is very high volume, and you're right around 40% for seven seasons. Like, I'm still going to have him top 10 because that's a long time of very good shooting. And the two years, you know, right before this one, he was 41% the year before, and or it was 41% last year and 41% the year before, again, right around eight attempts per game, which is a lot. So I'm going to have him still number nine. The The, you know, the question is, with the injury and everything, you know, will that affect him? And will that, um, maybe if he struggles again next year, he probably gets bumped off. But I, again, right now, I do still have him number 10. Okay. I like that. Uh, one second. All right. Did you want me to go for eight first or you? Uh, we'll just keep, we'll, we'll keep, uh, you okay. so okay. you go eight. All right. Um, my number eight, I have Patty Mills. Okay. Dude who's been around for a long time can be a little streaky at times, but still 39% uh, three point shooter for his career. I've seen this guy Biola just hit step in the threes, catch and shoot when he's hot. Um, he was a guy that came right to my mind. So I had, I was, it was tough to not put him on here for me. I don't think you're going to have him on here though. Um, but I'm we'll not going to, yeah, I'll, I, I won't say if I do or not, but yeah, I mean, he, He's definitely one of those guys where, like, yeah, just when you think about the best shooters, he kind of comes to your mind. Or when you, like, watch him play or when your team's going against him, you right away are like, all right, like, somebody's got to guard Patty Mills. Um, so I, I do like that. My number eight is another guy who did struggle this season, bumped him down a little bit on this list, Damian Lillard. Um, only th- He only shot 32% from three this year. Uh, but I mean, almost 10 attempts per game. His volume is like up there kind of in the close to Steph Curry range in terms of how many threes he's taken per game. Yeah. The two years before this one, he was 40% on 10 attempts per game, which is absurd. So that alone, I mean, he's definitely in the top 10. I, I mean, I could easily have him even like top, you could have him top three and I wouldn't even be mad at you because of what he's done in years, in the, the past couple of years, again, 40% on 10 attempts per game. It's like, Basically, just him and Steph are doing that. So, um, I don't want. I don't mind if you want to put him, you know, higher on this list. And with the way he's defended as well, I mean, he gets picked up at half court because teams know he can shoot from anywhere. So, he's way up there. But I, I do think this year bumped him down a bit because I don't know. It seemed like he did struggle this year, only thirty-two percent. And so I'm moving him down. Okay. Well, I have him in my seven slots, so just okay. above. Um, obviously 
made has made some huge shots. And like you said, the big thing with him is volume. Um, just the amount of shots he takes, difficulty having, you know, he'll get double teams thrown at him, has to escape, kind of create his own shot. Um, yeah, tough year for him shooting-wise, um, but obviously then was kind of hurt, so. All right, my number seven. And, yeah, you, again, you have to take into account the team around him isn't very good, too, so, like, just yeah. the attention. Number seven on my list, Kyrie Irving. And – I want to just ask you: Do you have Do you have Kyrie Irving on your list? I do. Okay, good. Because I, to me, I, I never knew. I looked at the numbers today. I didn't know he was this good of a shooter. Yeah. I I honestly didn't. Like I knew he was a good shooter. I knew like okay, he's someone who can hit threes. But I don't. You don't think of this type of shooting when you think of Kyrie Irving. Like I'm kind of more like okay, he's going to be dribbling the ball, getting to mid range, and pulling up and stuff like that. Career 39% three-point shooter. Yeah. He's been over 39% in nine out of his 11 seasons in the league. This season, now limited sample with 29 games, but 42% on eight attempts per game. Last six years combined, 40% on almost seven attempts per game. He's been over 40% in five of the last six seasons, and the only season he wasn't over 40%, he was at over 39%. Like, I didn't know he was this consistently good as a shooter like yeah. again i i was expecting to look at kyrie irving and see like 37 percent. you know like like good shooting but nothing crazy i did not i just never have really thought of him that way i never knew he was actually this you know hit that many threes and on that type of volume as well is very very impressive so could even have him higher on this list which obviously you do but yeah um, that's my number seven so well i have him as i did with Lillard, just one spot ahead um yeah he's kind of a slept on three point shooter just because like you said, he's got the mid range. He can get to the rim. He's a really good finisher. So I feel like his three points, almost a thing that people kind of like don't think about or just overlook. But when you look at the numbers, so good. Um, his ability to hit tough shots. Um, we've seen it when he's on the court. So I like Kyrie. Obviously there's a lot of weird stuff about him, um, but such a smooth player. Yeah. All right. My number six so your number six is Kyrie. My number six is Buddy Heald. Um, <laughs> another guy who did have a little bit of a down year, 37% on almost nine attempts per game. But in the five seasons before that, he was 41% on seven, just over seven attempts per game, which very good volume, very good shooting. I've always kind of looked at him as one of the better peer shooters in the league. Because he's consistently like on, and I think last year it was, he was like 41% on 10 attempts per game, which like not this season, but the, the season before, Yeah, which was when it really opened my eyes to like, this guy's doing something that like, again, usually only Curry, maybe Lillard are able to do is like shoot 40% on double digit attempts is absurd. So yeah. um, I have him sixth. I, 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 but again, another guy that kind of like, Okay, he had a bit of a down year. It's going to be interesting to see if he kind of can get back to around that 40% mark next year. Um, yeah, I I like it. He Like you said, he's been a good shooter on volume shots, um, can take them in stride. So I don't have him on my list, though, I will say. Um, five, I have Seth Curry. No. Right. He's – I mean, if you look at the numbers, I'm trying to pull him up here. 
I know, I mean, this year he made 47% on six a game. So I know he doesn't have, sorry, that was just with Brooklyn. Then you look at, where is he, 40% on five and a half a game with Philly. I mean, he's a 44% three-point shooter over his career. If you look at it, it's pretty crazy. Um, he doesn't take necessarily as many threes. He's only like four or five a game. But when he's been given the shots, he's been able to knock them down. Um, I mean, there's a guy in here that I'm realizing I should have put on here. but And I'm realizing the same because I didn't have Seth Curry on my list. <laughs> well, I don't have Luke Kennard. I don't know if you're going to have him on here. Hold on. I need to put <laughs> Seth Curry on my list because I completely forgot about him. Um, what we're going to do is we're just going to bump everyone down a spot. I'm going to go Paul George, number 10, Lillard, number 9, because I think he's better than... Well, I'm going to need to change mine up because I was just looking over my notes and I totally forgot to... I What I usually do is when we, for anyone, not that you guys maybe really care, but, um, you know, Nate will kind of send me what we're going to do. So he said top 10 shooter. So I'll kind of do off the top of my head, do some research, a little bit of both, get like 15 guys and then just kind of go from there. Uh, Kennard definitely should have been on there. So since I'm bumping Carl Towns off my list, everyone gets moved down a spot. My number six is going to be Duncan Robinson. <laughs> because I had him five, but I'm bumping him down for Seth Curry, who again, another guy that had a down season, 37% on almost eight attempts per game. The volume's there, but... Um, the two years before this, he was 43% on good volume, which is absurd. Last three years combined, 41% on eight attempts per game. He's And he's a guy that, I mean, no, you know what? I'm going to put I'm gonna put Duncan fifth, and I'm going to put Seth Curry sixth. Because, only because I, the, the tiebreaker kind of to me, they're both very similar, but the tiebreaker to me is Seth is not guarded the way Duncan is, in my opinion. Duncan gets chased around constantly, yeah. whereas Seth is more of like kind of gets open looks off of other guys and stuff. Um, so I'm going to move Duncan ahead of him. Seth, yeah, Seth is someone I completely slipped my mind for whatever reason. I, I put together of like a top – I don't know how he must have gotten left off because of like maybe because he got traded or something, but I had like a – I put in the numbers of like best three-point shooters last five years – the dump based on like who had the highest three point percentage, he somehow wasn't because I was like just to get my mind going of like okay these are the best shooters and he yeah. wasn't on there so he must have gotten what like cut off somehow but um that's why I forgot about him so Seth is six for me Duncan Robinson's five um all right your turn okay um I'm curious if we have a different top four here we but, probably uh, do we pr- I'm guessing we, we I'm guessing there's gonna be someone we eh. that I don't have and that you don't have out of yeah number right. four. I have Desmond Bain. Okay. Um, I know it's only been two years, but his volume's up to about seven threes a game this year and still stayed at 43%. Shot great at TCU. So and this is another guy where kind of like Caliburton. I know it's early in their careers, but you look back, the numbers show and just the shot shows that it's going to continue to fall. It's going to continue to, I don't want, I, it's tough to say get better, but be as good of a shooter as he has been on maybe eight or nine threes a game. I also have Desmond Bain fourth. He, um, yeah, he was one of my. He, he was someone who I wanted the Bucks to try to draft with their pick a couple years ago. Because mm-hmm. again, you just looked at him. I'm like, he is going to be able to shoot in the NBA. Like, it's going to translate. And obviously, it has. 
in his two years, 44% on about five and a half attempts per game. Um, I mean, 44% from three is just amazing. And again, it's not like he's doing it on, you know, low volume. I mean, five and a half threes a game is pretty good. So um, I think, yeah, he's someone who's just going to be continuously like every single year in the forties. And yeah. So um, I like that call at number four. All right. Number three, I have a guy who was out for a big chunk of this year, Joe Harris. All right. 44% career three point shooter. He is the definition of a catch and shoot specialist, corner specialist, all the things you want to say. Absolute sniper. All right. Um, my number three is also a guy who missed a chunk of this year, Clay Thompson. <laughs> okay. Who, I mean, of course, like like when you think of the best shooters, you're thinking of Steph, you're thinking of Clay. Um, 39% this year, even coming off the injury, nine attempts per game, super high volume. Every year except this year, he was over 40%. Last five seasons combined, 42% on eight attempts per game, um, excluding the two, like it, his last five seasons he's played. Um, or I think that I don't I don't remember what the, I think this is like the the five seasons not counting the last year so technically three seasons but um, either way I mean he obviously you don't have to really prove how good of a shooter Clay Thompson is with the numbers he's um, he's Clay Thompson he's got one of the purest shots and one of the da- most dangerous and and with him it's like him and Curry the thing about them I feel like you know you have all these other complementary like shooters that you're just like, okay, don't leave them open. But, yeah. like, guys, like, I think the ones that stick out to me, Curry, Clay, and Lillard are the ones that, like, will just get red hot and, like, there's nothing you can do yeah. because Clay is so good off the ball that, like, he can get to his shot. Lillard's so good stepping back and having these moves that he can get his shot. Curry, we know, like, again, both things. He's good off the ball. He's good on the ball, like, getting his shot and it's just like there's nothing you can do like they're gonna get it off and you just the prey doesn't go in that's those those three guys to me whereas some of these other guys you know i I feel like duncan robinson bain seth curry like if all of a sudden they hit a couple you can really clamp down them a bit and you know and and prevent them from getting their their looks whereas again curry clay and and lillard to me are the three that just they're gonna get their looks no matter what Mm -hmm. no absolutely i totally agree um, yeah, number two. Well, that leads me to my number two, which is Clay Thompson. Didn't you? Okay. I thought for sure, because you texted me, and I was going to yell at you. I, no. I, you texted me saying, it's not, Steph Curry is not number <laughs> one. And I was like, you're going to way overthink this and be like, oh, well, Joe Harris's numbers and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I just had to say that as a little joke. Um. And obviously, yeah, there's going to be some people, well, Joe Harris shoots so good. And it's like people don't understand. That's a whole nother topic of conversation is how tough it is for Curry to continue to shoot as good as he does and to get open. But I have Joe Harris number two. Okay. Uh, you kind of went through the numbers. But yeah, limited sample this year with 47% on six a game, over 41% each of the last five years. And um, last five seasons. So since 2017, I looked it up and – of guys who attempt like five a game, he's the number one in, in three-point percentage at 45%. So strictly, if you want to go s- simply three-point percentage, it's Joe Harris. But mm-hmm. um, again, we both know like best shooter of all time and the best shooter in the NBA is Stephen Curry. Yeah. He, um, 
I mean, the, the volume combined with the attention he gets, and he's still able to consistently do it. He had a, a down year this year, 38% on almost 12 attempts per game. And again, the, the, yeah. every single team, every single night is stop Steph Curry from shooting the ball, don't let him get his shots, and he's still able to do this. Every one of the last 11 seasons, full seasons that he played, he had the one season he played like five games, which we don't count. But every one of the 11 full seasons he played before this season, he was over 41%. Again, just insane knowing how insane. much attention he gets. Um, last five seasons combined, 41% on almost 12 attempts per game. 12 attempts per game, dude. That's absurd. Yeah. Like, can you make like, it at that high of a clip? I mean, every night this dude shooting 12, basically 12 threes, sometimes 10, sometimes 15, sometimes 18. And to, to continuously every single year, it's just inevitable. He's going to shoot 40%, um, no matter what you do, no matter how you guard him. And that's why he's the best three point shooter this league's ever seen. But overall, I mean, we somewhat similar list, I'd say. I'm okay. I got it now that I'm looking at these lists. Where's Duncan Robinson? <laughs> I honestly, if I had to knock, if I had For to you, knock, I I have Duncan Robinson, but you don't. So I'm I'm wondering why you don't have Duncan Robinson. Yeah, I Duncan Robinson would probably be probably be eight for me, and I would probably have Luke Kennard nine. Uh, why I do you want Luke Kennard on here? I don't think you understand either how good Luke Kennard is. Not one of the better. Yes, no. he is. No, he's not. I got to look at his numbers. Oh, I guess. Okay, last two seasons. He's been shooting insane the past. I mean, 45% on six. Uh, Detroit, 40% on six and a half a game with a bad team. Um, and then yeah. only three and a half the year before, but 45%. I, I guess maybe because the sample size hasn't been there quite just with the teams he's played on, and then now he's finally getting more usage. I guess maybe I'd leave him off still, but his numbers have been great. Um, but I do, yeah. I do, I do take it back a little bit. I didn't, I didn't realize, I mean, 40, basically 45% the last two years. Yeah. And then even before that 40 year before 39, the year before 42. Hey, I take Sneaky it back. I, I knew he was a good shooter. Like, like I'm not sitting there saying Luke Kennard's a bad shooter, yeah. but like, like I didn't, I, he's not someone I would like it's again, when you say top 10 shooters, I'm not thinking Luke Kennard. So, Hey. Probably. Yeah, no, and that and that's fair. I think he's kind of developing into, you know, potentially one of those names, but uh tough and again, big names on here. Yeah, and some of these guys, I mean, to me, Duncan Robinson is someone like I again compared to a Luke Kennard, I think of Duncan Robinson when I think of best shooters in the NBA, like just his maybe because it's the only thing he can really do is like yeah. it, it, it's just like he's out there to shoot the ball and he's just catch the ball, shoot the ball. Like he can't really dribble. He can't really pass. He can't really defend. It's just shoot the ball. Um, and I do think, as I mentioned, some of these guys or quite a few of these guys, at least on my list had down seasons. So like if, you know, if, if Willard struggles again, Buddy Heald struggles, not struggles, but you know, our, our average to slightly above average again, um, I'm trying to so Duncan Robinson. Like if, if those guys do fall a little bit, Paul George, then I could see putting in, Halliburton, Middleton, um, Kennard, you know, any of those guys. Yeah. I, I, it's definitely – there's some there's some of these spots up for grabs because these guys haven't been – you know, some of them haven't been amazing this past year. So, Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. All right. That does it 
for this episode. We wanted we, we our goal was forty five minutes. We're at about the forty minute mark, so we got it done. Um, yeah. So hey, game three tomorrow. We'll be watching it together. I think so. Go um, Warriors. Yeah, go go <laughs> Warriors. Let's hope they can get it, pull it out. Should be should be fun. And yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. See you later.